When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 305, the magic city. Yeah, she's pretty. But it's not about the lights, camera, action, cars, and views. It's about the spirit and the pride of the people that remain true. Miami puts culture and cultura. We live dreams. From South Beach to over the bridge. At the bottom of the map, but we're always on top. Hosting Super Bowl 54, making history. You are listening live at Super Bowl Live. That would be 30, uh, 54 if you're scoring at home. And if you are, congratulations. It's a Monday afternoon. It's the first day of Super Bowl week. But not for this crowd because we've been here since late Saturday night setting up the thrill, the color, the pageantry, the electricity that is uniquely Super Bowl week. What's over my left shoulder? And which one's my left shoulder? Well, there's talent here. Come on, Bob. People already noticing the uh, people around us. Now, it's a quiet start here, Miss Robin, as we are here live in Miami. Weather's been great. Yes. A little humid, though. Today was humid. but Very humid out there. So everybody complaining about being in cold. I'll give you the option. You can be in cold <laughs> weather and snow and ice, or you could be here in a very humid Monday in Miami. Benvenidos a Miami. Si, you know si, senor. So anyway, we're here. We got the stone crabs last night, although I don't eat stone crabs. They're too expensive. I'd have to take out a second mortgage on my house to have stone crabs. I know this time of year, the stone crabs are, are a little on the pricey side, Tony Bruno. Because they only can catch them on certain months of the year, and they're not in the winter. So they catch the stone crabs in the summer months, and then they freeze them, and then they charge you 100 bucks for five of them in the wintertime. But it's still a great place. Joe Stonecrab rented to Dan Patrick last night and his crew, all the boys in the house last night. You know who else was there last? Clay Travis was there. Clay Travis was there. Um, a couple people from Bellator. Yep. Danny. So, 
So Sunday nights, we Robin and I do this every year, and we Sunday night is our only night where we get to go out to a restaurant and have a nice meal. We did it, of course, every year with our buddy, the late great Steve Dumig. Whenever we would see him I at know. Super Bowls, last time was in Houston. That's weird. It's weird. And not we lost him, him here. last year, and so uh, we're here and we're ready to go. And then I was joking about the humidity, and so. It's nice. Yesterday, Robin and I, the, the annual tradition of Super Bowls, when you do your own thing and you're bringing your own equipment, is first of all, walking through the Miami airport on the <laughs> Miami Mover. Oh, yeah. So we get to Miami at about, what, almost midnight on Saturday night. Right. We took a late flight. Good flight. We get down here, and then we have to get our bags. But then we have to go on this thing called the Miami Mover, which is a moving st- it's moving staircases. Right. Moving walkways. I mean, it makes it easier if you have to go long distances in an yes. airport or anywhere. It makes it easier you just stand on and moves. I mean, people and, move. And th- so they weren't moving at all. No, they were and not. So when you're, and Robin's moving, you know, carrying a 70-pound suitcase. I got the other cart. We were switching off. And none of the Miami movers were working. And so now it's 11 o'clock, actually almost midnight, and we're pulling these carts literally a half a mile through all these hallways waiting for the Miami mover to move. But they didn't move just like that. So we get there. Finally, we, then we have to get on a train, and I'm not complaining. I just want you to know, people who have been to Miami and have gotten a rental car, you know how that works. It's really far away from the terminal. Then you get on another train, and then that train goes at least a half a mile to the actual rental car terminal. And then because our rental car Operation Fox was not in the rental car terminal, we had to then take another bus over right. to the Fox lot, which is way off. But anyway, we got our stuff. We got to bed at 3 o'clock Sunday morning, and we got up and came right back here moving and all I wanna, the stuff. And I want to point something out. Yes. We did post the photograph of it because we drove by there. Um, as soon as we picked up the car, the very first place we come to is a strip club called the Booby Trap. We posted a picture. We thought it was so funny, but we did not go inside. We were exhausted. And, uh, <laughs> no, we drove by and said, oh, I'm going to stop, Robin. Take a picture. <laughs> I have to keep reminding her to take pictures. I said, it's called the booby trap, and it's right on the, uh, the booby trap on the river underneath, yes. it says. And it was jumping. I don't know what was it going was, on inside. But, but, but after we f- posted the photograph, there was all these people that were pointing out to us that this might not be the establishment that we should go to since there have been several shootings at that particular well, place. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's... It's a Sunday night. It's Miami Beach. The boys are rolling. Somebody's calling me as the show starts. It's always nice to have Impeccable a phone call. Impeccable timing. And so anyway, we're here. We got up this morning. Well, yesterday we came in here and had to go walk about two miles. So Robin and I are getting our workout. Yes, we are. We're getting. We're our not steps just in. doing your basic we're slow walk around. You know, 75 degrees. The weather's really beautiful here. It's a little humid today, but, but it's, it's a still good gorgeous. thing that we're getting our workout because. We have put on some pounds, Tony. Yes, we have. But we, we walked yesterday. We didn't just do walk. When you're carrying probably 300 pounds worth of equipment, so we got upper body, mm-hmm. we got lower body, we got legs, we got calves, we got everything, total body workouts, just trying to get to find the right entrance because the thing about Mo- uh, Super Bowl, Miami hasn't had one since 2007. So that's the last time I was here for the Miami Super Bowls. But every year we go to a different city, and they hire basically volunteers to tell people where to go, to go to the right door. And, and a lot of times, you know, they don't know. They're volunteers. They said, yeah, tell them. So we, the, the normal the media has to go that way, and then we were told to go the other way. So we, And this is a huge convention center here in Miami. And when you want to walk around this thing to go all the way from one side to the other with barricades and stuff, it's a long walk. So anyway, we finally found it. We got here, set up the equipment yesterday, got out of here at 7 o'clock last night and went home and crashed. And uh, so now we are ready to go to start our week. Not going to do a long show today because we got on too late. And what always happens, I get here and then I have 
a lot of my friends who are doing radio, the Syracuse University station always has me come on, so I went on there and talked some, some trash up to my friends in Syracuse on the college station. Then also, we have a frozen screen, Robin. I'm getting yes, reports. Yes, we do. I don't have a frozen shoulder anymore, do we? No, that's gone. And so anyway, Adina Menzel is not here for Frozen. Frozen is not appearing here in Miami, I don't think. But anyway, obviously yesterday when we got here, setting up the equipment, we got all got the horrible news, and I know everybody's talking about it, and certainly I'm going to talk about it briefly today because Kobe Bryant was a Philly guy, went to Lower Marion High School, and is one of the most iconic names, not just in the Philadelphia basketball area, but in the NBA, the Lakers, and I was fortunate to grow up in Philly when Kobe Bryant was playing at Lower Marion High School, got to know about him. I knew his dad, Joe Bryant, Jelly Bean, who played for the 76ers. And, you know, in many cases, when you see a great athlete, usually the athlete's great, but the offspring are not as great as the father. For example, Michael Jordan, arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, yet Michael Jordan's sons were not really, did not become great NBA players. LeBron James has a son now, Bronny, and he's probably going to be an NBA player because he's playing great. Kobe Bryant had daughters. He never had a son with Vanessa. And so when he went to the Lakers, and I was in L.A., probably through the, the best part of his career, from 2000 to 2011, that's when Kobe and Shaq and the Lakers were the dynasty of that decade. Shaq and Kobe, Kobe and Shaq, the Lakers winning championships, all the stuff that went on with it, so... I was there, got to see Kobe a lot, talked to him. I don't know him personally. I mean, he knew who I was, but I'm not trying to make this about me and Kobe because to me, Kobe, I was just, I was just another guy to Kobe. But he was a Philly guy through and through, rooted for the Eagles, and obviously got a helicopter situation set up because he wanted to be able to not have to go through traffic to get not just to work while he was still playing for the Lakers, but to be able to see his kids getting back from the city back to where his house is up in Calabasas. So that's the situation there, and obviously everybody has remembrances of Kobe Bryant, one of the greats of all time. And that's why I say every day on the show, Robin, you live life one day at a time. You never know when it's going to end. Life is a gift. That's why when my son, A.J., and his, and his wife, Sarah, had the baby boy mm -hmm. prematurely a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago, you know, you worry about that. Life is a gift. It's, people think it's easy to make a baby, and for most people it is. But for a lot of people who want a child, it's really, really difficult. And now they're going through the, you know, the baby's premature. He went up to three pounds yesterday. So I pray every day that my grandson, Dominic Vincent Bruno, is going to make it. And now with the incredible job that they do in the NICU unit units down there in Annapolis, Maryland, he's growing every day, and he's going to be fine. He's now 31 weeks old as far as from it's conception. so fantastic. So he's in his 31st week, but he's out, and he's healthy, and he's getting better. He's not hooked up to any machines. And so that's the sign. And, and you look at that and you say, that's what the gift of life is. Every single day, you try to be happy. From birth, you try to be healthy. Your parents try to guide you the right way, teach you right from wrong, and then you grow up and become. No, coronavirus has not hit Radio Row yet. But we if it does, we'll let you know. You'll be the first to hear it. Miss Robin will start, uh, well, she'll start getting, like, growths all over her forehead. And you'll notice it on Robin's forehead because she does have, as I used to say, a five head. The five I know, head. I know. It's so nice. It's but so I have, nice a, I have like, Thanks. if you have a five head, what do I have? Since I have a, the scalp that goes all the way up. Ten head. Whatever it is, it didn't hit us. But anyway, we're working on the video problems. But hopefully, you can you, join us. Our internet is just it just crapped out. So. So we're not on audio or video nope, right now. We are. We're nothing. 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 You know what that is, Robin? Don't you? 
It's an outrage. It is an outrage. Billy Godfather's here doing the radio row run. And so today I got to go on, let's see, how many stations before we sat down and started to do this show, attempt to do it. So I went on Syracuse because I always go on with those guys. I went on with my buddies on WINZ, one of the Miami stations. Then I went on another Miami station, uh, a great radio station, 790, where my ex-ESPN boss, Len Weiner, is the program director. Uh-huh. So I went on with those guys in, uh, in Miami. And then I went on uh, San Diego. And then you know where else I went on? With John Clayton. My brother mean, from another mother. You mean this John Clayton? This guy right here? Yes, John. The ponytail has been uh, tucked in. You know, wait, we got to get his mic oh, yeah, on now. Get the mic on. There he is, John Clayton. Great to see you, John. I, I went on your show, and I appreciate you coming back to, to come on my show now. I appreciate being on with you because I just miss being on with you on such a regular basis. I mean, <laughs> no. that's what I really miss. I do, too. We, every, every weekend, John Clayton, we did the Saturday morning shows yeah, many yeah, times. Yeah. We did the Saturday night shows, Sunday night shows. John was one of my favorite NFL guys, and he's still remember ruling our, the roost in I, Seattle, remember Washington. Remember our movies with Theismann? Yes, we yeah. did everything yeah. on those shows. <laughs> Just like I'm doing now. I mean, you know, we, we had fun. We always have fun. You still oh, yeah. have fun. I have fun. I, st- I still remember when we do the uh, the late hours on Sunday night and, of course, Mexican TV that you would always watch. Yes. Telemundo and, <laughs> and uh, Univision. <laughs> yes. Always a great talent. That kept us awake between midnight and 1 a.m. in that last hour of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. We'd always scan. Because the, the, all the games were over. Even on the West Coast, the games were over on Sunday night at midnight. But there was always a quality, quality show. Where the talent was, ex- and you know, you're a great talent evaluator, Absolutely. and I, I oh, pride yeah. myself on being a great talent evaluator, evaluator with John. But we, we knew the talent. We were scouting them long before we had the and pro I, bowl and all the other stuff. I would just sit back doing the segments and all that stuff, and just waiting to see which. Oof! <laughs> you get, oof! It was like okay. The, 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 the audience the whole, had no idea. Had what no we were idea. Doing. I mean, the, 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 the great part is, you know, from all the shows we did together, there was so many inside jokes. I know. That only we understood. I mean, <laughs> you, me, Chuck Wilson, and I mean, ch- you know, Chuck would always take his, you know, 15 pages of paper. Yes. Because you know, he was always he had had to read everything. Well, I mean, back then, you know, we didn't have people don't realize in the 90s. It's not that long ago. It's, 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 it's some young people it is. Yeah. When you say the 90s, you're thinking, oh, that's not that long ago. The 90s is what? 30 years ago now? Right. So the 90s is 30 years ago. And so, you know, I was doing it in the 70s. So that's really – I can't even figure out how long it's been since I – but I think it's like 50 years I've been doing this. Uh, but I had a great pleasure working with John for many years at ESPN. And John's still going strong in Seattle doing his show up on 710, right? Hey, but are, you, are you proud of me now that I got my third uh, year for columns for the Washington Post? Yes, John. I mean, um, that's great. Yeah, I'm on the Washington Post. Wa- he's on the Washington that? Post. Fake, fake news. It's not fake news <laughs> no, all no, the time. No, 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 just no. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. We're all fake news sometimes. It depends. But we try to be journalists. You know, I mean, even though I'm not, I don't consider myself a journalist anymore, but, you know, when, when, there's, when there's a legitimate story to cover, like the Kobe Bryant tragedy or, when, you know, when I was in L.A., we were on the air during 9-11, you know, you have to go out of sports mode and deal with real issues. Most of the time we're having fun. We're talking about games. The Super Bowl is a game. It's a fun event. It's people come here. They come to see their teams. Media comes here to get it's the reunion tour, as we talk about. Every year I get to see John, you know, and I get to see all the great people that I've worked with. So it's, to me, it's like an annual reunion, not a high school reunion. No. More like an uh, elementary school reunion, mm-hmm, I think, mm-hmm. because we've been around a long time. So now, John, you're in Seattle. You're doing a deg- regular show, right? That's correct. Every day. Every day, five days a week. And people Six can get days, it. actually. I do it Saturday, too. So you can, people can get you on the app, right? That's the yeah. great thing about radio now. 710sports.com. And, and then, of course, I have, the po- I have a podcast now. Not, not to your extent. 
because you don't get to see my picture on the podcast, but I, it's called Schooled with the Professor, and we usually, you know, tape it on a Wednesday or so, and then we play it for the week. And I guess, you know, if I tweet it out right, I guess to be in the top 50 for sports and uh, what is it, sports and entertainment, mm-hmm. was it the sports and recreation or whatever? Sports and recreation yeah. and entertainment. Well, that's what ESPN stands for, you know. Yeah. Entertainment Sports Programming Network. Mm-hmm. People don't know that. And so it was entertaining. It still is. I mean, it's, it's all about sports is entertainment. Now, of course, with the gambling aspects and all the other stuff, it's also gambling. It's fantasy. But that's still all entertainment, too. Yes. You don't have to in, 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 engage in that stuff, but it makes it more palatable for a lot of people who don't really care about the games. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but that's, it's, it's only going to grow. Oh, exactly. John Clayton, our John, we have an interesting game this weekend. Here. We do. Absolutely. Now, let me, before we get to that, because obviously we didn't have a chance yesterday, and, you know, Seattle doesn't have a basketball team. They're still angry about that after they lost the Supersonics. And then, of course, they, didn't, they, they rooted against Oklahoma City, which got the Supersonics. You're getting hockey up there now. Yeah. But obviously Seattle still has a great basketball tradition. And so when you heard the story yesterday, as we all, there was a stunned silence here. We were setting up our equipment. And when the news broke while we were here about Kobe Bryant, I mean, you can, you can hear a pin drop in this room. That's how the magnitude of the Kobe Bryant tragedy well, was yesterday. You can even feel it today on the Monday because you know, it's not in the front of our minds like it was yesterday, uh, but it's in the back of everybody's mind. And so you know, you're kind of thinking through it. And I still use the analogy that you can appreciate, others can't. You know, you know, growing up when we grew up and back in 1963, I was nine years old at the time, we found about the, the shooting of JFK. Yep. And, of course, I was nine years old. I was sitting in a classroom at Copeland Elementary School. It was like 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, and we ended up hearing about it. And you just get that visual image. And so yesterday I'm flying from Seattle, uh, going to Houston, and uh, getting a connecting flight. And I'm looking over at the uh, TV in front of me because I had the Pro Bowl on. It was in a commercial break. And I'm looking up on row 7. It was row 7C. And I'm looking at the picture, and it has Kobe Bryant, 1978 to 2020. I says, what am I looking at? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And then they came back and they got off the commercial break on ABC and ESPN and said what had happened. And it was just like, oh, my heavens. And you just start thinking about it. And then, you know, having the TV both on the flight back and then not being able to sleep much last night. I had it on the TV all night. And it's like it was nothing but Kobe. But then the thing that also remembered the smile of his 13-year-old daughter, Gigi, and what that was like with him and Gigi. And you just felt so bad. Yeah, I was so fortunate. Obviously, Kobe grew up in the Philadelphia area in Lower Marion. I drive by his high school a lot, and obviously Memorial's there, and then Staples Center where he played, and I got to live in L.A. from 2000 to 2011 throughout the entire Kobe Bryant and Shaq era of the greatness of the Lakers. So it's a, it's a story that affects everyone. The bottom line is, you know, it's not just about a basketball player. It's about one of the all-time greats and a guy who loses his daughter who was going to be a WNBA star. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. We were just talking about how Michael Jordan's sons never really became NBA greats. You know, he had a couple of sons who tried basketball, but it's hard, you know, when you're Michael Jordan, you can't, you don't automatically expect that his offspring will be great NBA players. Kobe Bryant's dad was Joe Jellybean Bryant, who was a decent NBA player, but his offspring became one of the all-time greats. And so that's the interesting thing about sports, because everybody thinks I have two sons, they're going to be broadcasters, and they didn't want to really have anything to do with broadcasters. So you just hope to have your kids, raise them right, and hope they go on to, to do what they love and enjoy doing for the rest of their lives. There, there were so many great comments yesterday, but I thought one of the most genuine was LeBron. 
mm-hmm. because I mean, here's LeBron. I mean, they were in Philadelphia. I mean, he still remembers, of course, uh, when he uh, when Kobe came into the league and all that stuff, and just talked about how he couldn't believe this has happened. And of course, I mean, you know, I, and you can see that there was a good relationship that they've had, and it's like I thought that was genuine. And of course, I mean, there were so many great comments, not just in basketball, but in all the sports about him. I mean, you, uh, and again, I know because I have like 1.4 million followers on Twitter is that, you know, 98 percent, maybe 98.5 percent of the tweets yesterday had nothing to do with basketball, nothing to do with mm-hmm. baseball, college basketball. No, it was all it was all Kobe. John, you have 1.4 million followers on Twitter. Yeah. What's your secret? John? I mean, obviously, everybody knows who you are. and They love you. Did I uh, did I plug my Twitter account on your show today, John? I need to plug yeah, it. You I need, need to, to plug help. That, you got to yeah. help me get. Well, some yeah, but you, but you saw where I screwed up, right? I mean, here's where I screwed up. You know, I had the, had the same number of followers back then, and so we do the ESPN commercial, you know, with my hair and all that the stuff. Ponytail, the ponytail, which, by the way, yes. we, we've debunked this. We have. We, we, we came, you know, we, we had you on the show every yeah. year, and you said that it was not a real ponytail, and no, people were devastated. In. It's, t- it's tucked in. <laughs> <laughs> but of all the great Sports Center commercials, yeah. it's amazing because, yeah. you know, that one probably was the most talked about of all the ESPN well, I mean, Sports and, Center and, commercials. And it, it, it was funny because two things. It's like uh, number one, is that uh, you know back then we you know, out of the show because they thought it was going to be really good. They scheduled an August TV show where they're going to have the fans vote on the best ESPN commercial because they thought I was going to win. Okay, and so Jay Z had just done one with uh, Robinson Cano going through the building and shaking hands and everybody getting sick and all that stuff. And so uh, Jay Z had three million followers, and so he tweeted it out, and I didn't like an idiot. I didn't tweet it out, and so. Jay-Z and uh, Robinson Cano won. I finished second. But I'll t- still take second because it was a blast on that commercial. But here's Was it rigged? So you're saying that Jay-Z influenced the outcome of the election. Will there be a hearing on this? No. Did you not protest no. and demand a recount and, and a do-over? Because, listen, I love Jay-Z, too. And Robinson Cano, don't you know, is a hell of a player. But they're, they're not in the same league as your commercial, No, John. but again, what happened is that uh, I'll probably be impeached for not tweeting it out. I should have <laughs> tweeted it out. <laughs> I'll be impeached as a professor. <laughs> the professor, John Clayton. Hey, by the way, another one, too. It's like uh, because of that commercial and, you know, the 22 years that I had just loving ESPN and, you know, still love them to, de- to death right now is that, uh, you know, uh, you ever, have you had anything had on Cameo yet? No. Ca- Cameo is a uh, app. That basically you get requests and you do like a 45 to one minute uh, type of monologue or whatever or what anybody wants you to say, right? And so uh, I'm going to all these football players and I said, "Hey, do you have Cameo?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." It's like, "Do you?" He's like, "Oh yeah." It's like I've had 47 uh, requests on Cameo. He said, "What's your price? A hundred dollars?" And they say, "You're kidding me! I only got 25." <laughs> You're John Clayton, though. I mean, come on. Yeah. How many people have 1.4? I got to make sure. I'm, I'm, I know I'm following you, John. Yeah. What is yeah. your Twitter account? I'm going to try to get you some more followers. Clayton oh, NFL. Yeah, right. Clayton, Clayton NFL. NFL. Yeah. Not John Clayton, not the professor. Oh, John Clayton NFL. John Clayton NFL. Sorry. Is it John Clayton yeah, NFL? John Clayton NFL. Let me make sure. I, I have to be following you. You wouldn't have 1.4 million if I wasn't following no. you. No. John Clayton NFL. By the way, giving a shout out to your, to your wife back in Seattle. We miss her. We think about her all the time. And uh, got to see her wave a little bit this morning yeah, when yeah, I went yeah. on the show. That's awesome. We hope she's doing well. Meanwhile, John Clayton NFL. I'm sorry, John, while I'm doing this. That's okay. I got to make sure. Let I'm me pre- do it for you. Yeah, can you do Why, it for what? me? Because I got to focus. I'm not a guy yeah, who can. Mul- can women can, can multitask. Multi- now, can you multitask? Yeah, I can. Yeah. 
Tony no, sucks at it. No, in fact, <laughs> I mean, you appreciate this because, uh, you know, when I'm doing my show, because I'm at home, you know, I have the ISDN line and all that right. stuff, I'm always updating my database during the course of the show. You know, whether I'm interviewing or taking phone calls, you know, putting in salary stuff and all that, or <clears throat> just doing whatever I need to do to keep up on all my databases. Hold on a second, Tony Bruno. I'm not following John Clayton. Oh, you are following but John him. Clayton is not following me. We, oh. Ladies Major, and gentlemen, ladies I hate to do it gentlemen. to you, John. It's an outrage. Even President Obama checks in. <laughs> I got to give you one of these. We do this on the show a lot to Robin. Yeah, I get, a, I get a daily often. But yeah, no, there he is. John is not following me. It's a total outrage. By the way, John, it's 1.3 million. I'm, oh, my, I lost a hot. How did you lose followers? I don't know. See, you stopped following Tony. That's, that's probably the reason. That's probably yeah, right. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Schooled <laughs> with the Professor is his podcast. You can follow that and follow him at John Clayton NFL. Best and he's live on ever. Radio Row, and you're getting a chance to talk to him. Now, I know you talked. We, we talked earlier about Seattle and, of course, Russell Wilson. Yeah. And as I said, when he came back to Philadelphia this year, uh, he pretty much was given the deed to the city or the team from Jeffrey Lurie. He should be a part owner of the Eagles franchise. Unbelievable year for the Seattle, especially Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. I mean, you saw him at the skills competition. I mean, the guy is the most accurate passer. He's just an incredible player. And, obviously, Seattle – I mean, without him, I, I know Pete Carroll gets a lot of love, but if, if not for Russell Wilson, would the Seattle Seahawks even be smoking? Uh, smoking. Well, they're smoking a lot. Well, no, Seattle. because, you know, legalized marijuana. I know it is, and coffee, yeah. and there's coffee yeah. every yeah. five yeah. feet. Yeah. It's where Starbucks started. But Seattle's best is actually bigger up there, right? What's well, the bigger be. coffee well, shop? Well, because, you know, Starbucks bought Seattle's best. Oh, they did? Yeah, because Seattle's best was my favorite. And then, uh, you know, I, uh, there was Tully's Coffee. Right. But then, unfortunately, Tully's Coffee is owned by, uh, you know, the lawyer uh, Aaron is whatever it is you know who has uh, Stormy Stormy Daniels. Oh really? Stormy Daniels. Oh yeah, yeah. The bot, the uh, yeah. Bronfman family. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Bronfman family. Yeah, but uh, so I mean, so all of a sudden that's been out of business now, and I love Tully's Coffee. So Tully's is gone completely. Gone. Yeah, totally. And Seattle's Best is owned by Starbucks. Yeah, although I think what is it? Um, Oh, one of the breakfast blends right now is trying to, you know, get something back. But right now, there's no Tully's Coffee. Because I have the Seattle's Best 6th Avenue, 6th Street Blend yeah. or whatever yeah. that's called. No, I think that store is still open. Oh, is it? The 6th yeah, Street store? It's not down to maybe two or three stores. So you, when you talk about coffee, the first city that comes to mind is Seattle. that's where coffee, oh, yeah. not where coffee started, but this rebirth of coffee shops every 15 feet in every city in America, thanks to your city, John. Yeah, and of course, I mean, Starbucks, <laughs> I mean, there's one every four Four buildings. Yes, <laughs> but I don't. I actually don't care for Starbucks as much as I like the. We, we call it Charbucks because they yeah. burn the beans. They yeah, do. the beans are burned, and people are spending six dollars for a cup of burnt coffee. It's, it's an it's outrage, much John. Much more bitter. So Seattle's best, I like better. Yeah. Um, and I think pr uh, to be fair, though, the best coffee we've ever had was directly when we were in Honduras. Yeah, but they have that Cuban. Did like you have some most. of the Cuban coffee up oh, here? The espresso. Really you have it in a little shot glass. Okay. That's how good it is. I mean, Cuban coffee is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I never got into that yet. I don't know. You're not a coffee guy, John? No, I love coffee. I was going to say, how can oh, you live you in Seattle yeah. and not have coffee? Yeah, I mean, the, the only problem, in fact, I used to go out every day and get Seattle's Best, and then they turned that into a uh, Starbucks store. So it's like, okay. So it's like now I don't get as many lattes. Although, what did I do? I think on Friday I ended up getting a latte. Now, you know you're not supposed to have cappuccino or lattes after like 6 o'clock at night. Like oh, in yeah. Italy, you get arrested. If you go into a, in a coffee shop in Italy yeah. and you ask for a cappuccino at night, they look at you, they give you the evil eye, you know, the maloika, the evil eye that yeah, they do yeah. in the mob movies. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to order a cappuccino after noon, Never. actually, in yeah, Italy. Probably not. You walk it. into a, a coffee shop in Sicily, where my family is, you ask for, you go in and you get an espresso. 
You don't get any cappuccinos, no lattes. People go in at lunchtime, and they it's like people go into a bar and get a shot and a beer and walk out. They go in and into coffee shops in Sicily. They walk in, get a pours the espresso, boom, out, out the door. We need to have more of that in this country, John. We, we need coffee enforcement. We do. Yes. I think I, we're over-caffeinated, I think, in this country now. Uh, I, I used to drink uh, a 20-ounce latte and 10 cups of coffee a day. Holy guacamole. Yeah. I cut that out, by the way. I hope so. That, that, I can't imagine that. I think I cut that out when I was, what, 48 years old. And you remember this. It's like, and they took out, uh, took out what, 18 inches of my colon. Uh, <laughs> Because they had diverticulitis. So it's like I kind of cut the coffee down after that. John Clayton. All right, John. We so got I'm not two a day, by the way. Two coffees. Uh, yeah, I only do one. I do two here. I do yeah. one in the morning, then I have to have one here when I'm on Radio Row to just get me through the day, John. And they're usually long days. But it's a lot of fun. You go, we're going to see you at the uh, – the, now it's going to be in the baseball stadium tonight. Yeah, it'll be the biggest crowd the Marlins have had at least 10 years. Oh! <laughs> I set you off for that one, John. Let me give you that. I set you that one. <laughs> Now, Derek Jeter, I understand. Somebody said, well, they opened the, they're going to close the roof and put the air conditioning on. They said, no, Jeter, even though he got into the Hall of Fame, is still too cheap. He's going to open the roof, and it's going to be humid in the baseball stadium. Yeah, but, and the reason he's doing that, he's trying to smoke out to see who was the one who didn't the vote The one for guy. Well, yeah, we know who guy. it is, right? No, who is it? I think they named the person. Did they really? Yeah, because Keith and I, whenever we would do the Hall of Fame yeah, yeah, we, yeah. every year, we would always find that one or two people who didn't vote for an obvious first ballot person, and then they finally put somebody in unanimously in Mariano Rivera, and then this year one guy had to say, no, he's not on my first ballot. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous, John. Uh, At least the NFL writers, because you were, are you part of the NFLPA? I mean, the, uh, the, you get a Hall of Fame vote, don't you, John? Yeah, I, I, I was on the Blue Ribbon Committee that uh, we just put 15 in, and I'm on the uh, my 30th year of voting on the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We do it on Saturday. And, of course, the NFL, unlike baseball, they like to put a lot of people in. They don't do one or two no, a year. No, we do five. Walking ambassadors, and that's what football wants, and that's why the NFL is king in this yeah, country. We, have five, we take five. We do two seniors normally every year and then one contributor because I push to get the contributors. And I think we're going to make an adjustment in next year and thereafter because I think what's going to happen, is, and it's so needed, is we break coaches away from the modern-day players and put them in a coaching category because we took co two coaches. This year on the uh, Blue Ribbon Committee, we voted for Bill Cower and we voted for Jimmy Johnson. And so now it's a matter of who goes next if we can get that next uh, step. And that would be you know either Mike Holmgren, mm -hmm. uh, Don Coriel, Tom Flores, we got a lot to catch up on on this. And, and, other, and the other good thing, because of the 100th year, I was glad to see Harold Carmichael get the yeah. call, too. One of the all-time great players, great human beings, and he finally get the call. I, I like the fact that they did that this year for the 100th. They're not going to do that every year, no, right? No, no. In fact, 100 years from now, I think, uh, as David Baker says, okay, we'll do this in 100 years, <laughs> so good luck coming back. <laughs> I think we'll be here for that one, John. I think so. And then, of course, uh, this Saturday. So how many are getting in? Who do you? We got five. We'll so we, you don't, we don't know. the. We know the finalists. We don't know who's getting in, though. No, we have, right. to, we have to go through you know, our seven hours of talking about it and then voting it from 15 to 10 to 5 and then hopefully everybody goes yes 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 on the five and they won't then you won't get ripped though if you don't put oh, in we'll there. get ripped every day we are always yeah, but you don't get ripped like the baseball writers do john mm, no we get ripped you should see all the oakland people that are mad that flores and branch didn't get in I oh i know i saw it too i mean yeah. i'm surprised tom flores has a couple super bowl rings yeah. and so people are saying jimmy johnson yes great obviously run but not only in my but this is the pro football this isn't like basketball where they put in college the pro basketball hall of fame puts in yeah players from all over the world, women's players, men's players, and all over the world. But in football, it's strictly the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So they have you have CFL guys in there as well, right? No. So no. the CFL has its own CF Hall of I Fame. I mean, it, it, it was a nice one that we were able to get an AFL player in in Winston Hill. Right. I mean, that was good. 
I mean, what ended up happening, you know, particularly because I felt bad for Randy Gratishar. Mm-hmm. I felt bad for, uh, you know, certainly Cliff Branch. I felt bad, you know, Tom Flores, obviously, and, you know, Drew Pearson and all that stuff. But what happened, it was a concerted effort, and probably rightfully so, to take care of a lot of the guys from the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s. I'm glad Alex Karras was able to make it because he's mm-hmm. so deserving. Yep. But, I mean, you know, Duke Slater was the one that was a real good one because nobody knew. Who, I didn't know Duke Slater, but here's a guy in the 20s who was black. It was kind of a white league back then. There was only like five oh, yeah. in the league. And he lasted 10 years. Think about that. He was such a good player. He lasted 10 years uh, in being able to play, even though it was a white league for the most part. That's great. No, that's great. You know why? Because those players are forgotten. And, yeah. and just because we don't remember them doesn't mean that they weren't Hall of Fame players. And I think it's great what you guys do. And, and while people complain every year, you know what? The, the one I felt bad for was Drew Pearson watching that. Yeah. And, you know, they had it on TV, and but there it wasn't, he was. You see, and the thing is, from the sentiment I found in the room, it wasn't a matter that Harold Carmichael beat out uh, Cliff Branch and uh, Drew Pearson. It was a matter that a couple of the older guys from the 50s and beyond, they were the ones who beat him out. Right. Yeah, because that's what happened. Because, yeah. you know, because obviously Drew Pearson should be, and he will yeah. be in the Hall of Fame. He will be, yeah. So how, now the, the Veterans Committee. Senior Committee. The Senior. I, I, see, I don't think you're not allowed to call them seniors. Remember, the Senior PGA Tour calls himself the Champions Tour Yeah, now. well, we're not that. We're not I'm a that. senior, so I don't care. You <laughs> no, can call I'm me a senior. You're yeah. a senior, I'm right? I'm a senior, then? yeah, yeah. Do you have Are all you the benefits? Are you guys insulted? No, no, I'm not insi- so? insulted. Exactly. I prefer to be called Senor. Senor. Which senor. There you especially go. here in Miami, you got to be oh, Senor. Yeah. John Clayton, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome, awesome seeing you, John. We'll see you at the media night tonight. Yes. No, tomorrow night's the, tomorrow night's media tomorrow night. Tonight night's party. is opening night. Yeah, it's opening night. Opening night. Yeah. John Clayton, ladies and gentlemen, let's give him a roaring round of applause. Thank you. Great to see you, John. Thank you. That's a good way to open the show with John Clayton. Absolutely. That's, that's not somebody that, you just like, throw on any show, right? I think that that's, that's what John you would, Clayton. I think you could call that good luck, right? Absolutely. It's a good job. Now, what is the latest on the uh, situation in the Situation Room without Wolf Blitzer up? The situation is that my computer has decided that it is not even showing me any Wi-Fi capabilities, so it has nothing to do with the strength of the connection yet that I know of. Um, but as soon as the show is over and we're not recording, I'm going to have to restart my computer and see. So for those of you who aren't hearing it properly, obviously... You will be able to hear this again later, right? Yes, yes, So yes. we have it all recorded. We have it all recorded, and I will post this as soon as we're done. But before we go, so we're keeping this really short. We want to, uh, to make sure that we were sort of using this as a test show just to make sure that everything was working. And obviously, there's something that we need to work on. And then but Dean, by the way, who knows how this works is like texting, calling me on the show. Like, hello. Like he knows how to fix it or anybody <laughs> else knows how to fix it. It's um, not about something being fixed. We have the Internet connection. We have everything that we need to have this show go on. But I do want to um, remind people that we are here because we have fabulous, fabulous sponsors this year. And uh, we encourage all of you that like the show the way to support the show the best is by going on to our support our, our sponsor websites and we are brought to you by, by not only go sleeves which you are wearing I'm one wearing my right go now. sleeves right now yeah you are wearing one right Could now Can I show it can I I don't have to take my pants off to do this but I'm going to show you this great new invention cuz you know sleeves are big now I don't mean sleeve tattoos the ones all the way down they're called sleeves not Sammy sleeves of course who is Sam Bradford 
Everybody calls him Sammy Sleeves. I don't know why. But these are the ghost sleeves, Rob, and I put it on today. We walked a lot yesterday. Yes. So you've seen just the regular sleeves on people, right? This is not just a sleeve. This also has incorporated into the sleeve. It has uh, the uh, kinesiology tape. Kinesiology. Because you've seen the KT tape. People put the KT tape on, and they don't know how to put it on properly unless you have a trainer or you, somebody knows. This is it. It's built into the sleeve. So not only is it a compression sleeve. Do we have it on camera, yeah, Robin? it's on camera right now. So it's a compression sleeve, but it has kinesiology built into it. Yes. So you it actually feel KT better tape. when you walk. Again, this isn't a miracle. This isn't copper. Well, this isn't a I miracle cure. I actually kind of thought it was a miracle because I pulled a muscle when we were loading all of our stuff back in Philadelphia before we got on the plane. It started to cramp up, and I was really, really worried that I was it was going to get worse. And so I put my calf one on, and I... By the time we landed, I actually was feeling quite a bit better. Yeah, it feels good. I don't even realize I have it on today. That's how good it feels. Yeah. Because a lot of times you put braces on or sleeves. You feel them. I'm walking around here not even realizing I have it on. And yeah. my knee doesn't hurt. And I had this knee surgically repaired. And obviously when you get older. So this isn't just for athletes. And it's not even available yet for commercial sale, is it? Well, it is going to be available um, as soon as we, uh, our sponsor is going to be here. Okay. And then we're going to get the But you can go see the product at yeah, GoSleeves.com. GoSleeves.com, and then you can see the product. So that's, that's one of our sponsors. Correct. Our next sponsor, which we are using, is Coral Toothpaste. Coral with a silver nanotechnology. And Not nano-nano-technology. No, no, that's no. on Mark and Mindy. Silver nano, nano. nano. <laughs> Nano-silver technology. And they are absolutely fantastic because, as you well know, I've mentioned it before, I've been, I'm allergic to that sodium lauryl sulfate, SLS, yes, which SLS. they put in freaking everything. So I've had to take it out of my hair. I've had to take, I was having problems with my gums, receding and, and bleeding gums. And um, my doctor says, well, are you flossing enough? Are you, all of that I was doing. And finally, I figured out what I was allergic to. And I started buying my own toothpaste, but I didn't like the taste of it. It was just sort of, Bleh. you didn't like it either. And then we found uh, Coral Silver Nano. And not only does it taste good, you like using their foam one, right? Yeah, you there's just one they have a tube and you squeeze it. And then it fills up your mouth with foam, and then you put the toothbrush in there. Yes. Oh, and it does, and it really feels good. <laughs> and it doesn't have, you know, fluoride was the thing that they peddled on us right. all the time. Yeah. And that shit's no good. I hate to use profanity here, but this is a podcast, and right. we can say that shit's not good. Yes. And this is the only time, by the way, of the week that we're going to do all of our sponsors yeah, all the time. Yeah, we just want to set this up. We just want to set it up. And then um, the next sponsor, uh, so, so go on to um, uh, CoralToothpaste.com. And C O R A L. C O yeah, like the like, like coral, like coral in the sea coral. Yes. And they have mouthwashes, toothpaste, the foaming toothpaste, um, and it's all made with the nano silver technology. And you know that silver is actually an antibiotic. Right. So you don't need all of the bad stuff for you. Um, and it has only the good stuff. They've been around for years, and um, they are just awesome, awesome. So go on there. And last but not least. You've heard me speak of it before, the BioLumiere. Mm -hmm. um, you can see, products. look at my face. This is one week in, <laughs> and I've lost all the lines, plus being in the sun and well, the energy of the sun. You haven't lost all Not the all lines, of them, but, but I've only been using it a week, right? Yeah, you've only been using it a week. And, and I've it's been, phenomenal it's, stuff. I even went just put a little bit of just, uh, just underneath your eyes. We've got to get the Philly Godfather. Yes, and the last. Although he looks good, though. Last but not least, let me put 
Philly Godfather's camera on. Is this Philly camera Godfather on him? is here in person, and he is also <laughs> sponsoring the show. And he is right here in person. He got in here this morning, and before we got in, and he tweets out, this place is huge. <laughs> this is your first Super Bowl Radio Row, Philly Godfather. Your thoughts? I love it. Great time. Nice people. Uh, You've been there making the rounds, talking to a lot of the radio stations I mean, here? Every, it seems like every 10 minutes, but I'm more <laughs> happy I'm here with you, the legend, Tony Bruno, one of the sharpest guys I know, uh, whether it's uh, handicapping sports or on the radio. Yeah, we're having fun. This is going to be a fun week. Now, we're going to be hanging out. We're going to go to the media night tonight. No, we're going to go to the opening night tonight at the baseball state, Marlins Field. And so that will be where the teams are, and they'll all have their podiums, and there'll be food and stuff. It'll be fun. NFL Network will be there. Then tomorrow night is media night. And that's going to be down at the, at the terminals where all the cruise ships are. So they always, the NFL, every city, they always try to accentuate the great parts of the city. And Miami, of all the cities that have hosted Super Bowls, Miami is the most spread out. I mean, it's everywhere. You know, it's not. So Houston has it down in the, in the, in the same area. They did a great job. All these cities try their best. But Miami it hasn't had it since 2007. But the one thing about Miami, you, you're, going all, you're going to South Beach. We're here in close to South Beach down here. Then you go to the stadiums, which are across the bridge into Miami Beach proper. Right. And so there's a lot of different places, but it's all gorgeous, and there's a lot of traffic, and it's crazy, and a lot of really – for a guy who loves cars like you do, there's a lot of nice rigs down here, man. I can't wait to see uh, <laughs> all the cars and everything else it has to offer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you see, Mal, you see nobody has like a regular car down here, at least in the South Beach. You come down to this end in South Beach, nobody's driving like a, a 68 Dodge Dart. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a lot of classics, a lot of nice stuff. Now, we did see yesterday, we saw the most amazing um, Maserati. It was a black, was a black Maserati. Maserati. And it was, as Tony Tony likes to call me, so I identify with this, Euro truck. It was clearly one of those. Dude Itali was a European guy. Had to, had to have been. He came out of the car, and he had a lot of bling on. But the car itself was a black Mas Maserati, and it had gold paisleys. Yeah, I mean, it, it was all, all tatted I mean, up all it, over the like place, the man. Like, the car itself was tatted up wow. with gold. Wow. Yeah. That and, was a custom and by the way, job. one place I have to take you, because I know you want to get this for the home, it is. <laughs> it's a, pl a plumbing supply place. Yeah, so, like, bath. It's a showroom. It's a bath showroom. So, they have bathtubs in the window. Armani bathtub. Yes. Armani what bathtub. Everybody needs gold an Armani. fixtures. <laughs> I mean, that's that's had Philly Godfather written all over it, man. <laughs> that would be great in South Jersey. You take that out to the farm. You let the sheep come in there and check it out. The goats. You have goats, right? Or llamas. No, alpacas. I, had, I went four deep before I got alpacas. You just hurt their feelings. I know. Alpacas. alpacas <laughs> and, uh, and they're, alpacas are really sweet. They're not like llamas who are, awesome. can be kind of mean and spit at you, right? They're so docile. I mean, they're, they're so they come running up yeah. to you. Yeah, but, they, but they llamas spit at you, right? Yeah. Well, they mean. can. Llamas can be mean. They're they're kind of a one person kind of a. They're they're. You know, they're like certain dog breeds that really only like one person. Yeah, Llamas yeah. are like that. Um, alpacas, though, are beautiful. just beautiful and sweet, and, and they're much more gentle, right? Yeah, a lot yeah. more gentle. How Can you ride you the alpaca? Can you ride one? I, I don't ride them, but... Uh, are they big enough for kids no. to ride? No, nah, they're not going to let you ride. No. All right, I just I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've seen them. And, they're, and obviously, they're, they're fur, they're wool. They're like... Some of the softest wool you can yeah. get. I mean, they come, they shed them every year. They're, they're like, uh, imagine a goat, but twice as large. No, I've seen them. I've never seen them up close. I've seen llamas up close. Yeah. I've seen uh, the ones that are really mean are the... Ostriches? Yeah, the ostriches. <laughs> oh, they're, oh, they're <laughs> nasty. <laughs> yeah, they and I've gone, I go on to ostrich farms, you know, and everybody thinks, oh, they're nice. Here, <laughs> feed them. And then they're like, 
they snap it right out of you. Yeah, they'll yeah. bite your hand off. Oh, they're yeah. fast, too. They're awesome. nasty. They're really fast. They're pretty, but they're nasty. Well, and they, they can pretty much outrun everything except for a cheetah, right? They're fast. Yeah. yeah they got ostrich races. <laughs> yeah. You can ride an ostrich. Yeah, you can. Have you seen those? I mean, they actually yeah, ride I've ostriches. I've seen it in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is the, what was that movie? Not the the Swiss Family Gla- Robinson, I think right? It was a Gladiator too, weren't they? Uh, was Robinson? it? They use ostriches in there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just remember it from Swiss Family Robinson. Now you notice this Billy Godfather's chilled right now. He's chilling out. Harry May is going to be. He's always chill though. Not this chill though. He's not this chill. Well, he you was got in late last night though, right? You came in last night. Yeah, like, yeah, a little late. I was tired, but. Uh, and then he got up early. Got he up was early. raring to go. He was excited. But he's staying down here in South Beach. He's got a nice spot down there. It's a oh, great hotel. Great view. I met the owner. Unbelievable. I mean, the view's great. The food was great. Just, just everything's flowing. There's yeah. good karma, I feel. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. What's uh, feng shui? Is that what they call it? Yeah, just the feng shui yeah, is, is good here. feng shui is good here. Good. Then you can go over and get yourself a uh, sleep number bed. They're giving those out. No, they're not giving those away. <laughs> they're just. And then you got to get yourself some Old Spice because they have an Old Spice. That, and they I'm hand out. they don't have you doing the Old Spice commercial. You would be perfect. I know. I should be doing it. Except they don't have the pecs. They got all these brothers with, you know, with the great bodies, and they're all jacked up. See, and stuff. that's I think the problem, though. <laughs> I think that's the problem. <laughs> I think, I think people, you know, everybody realizes you're like, just because I put this on me does not mean I'm going to look like that. I think you would appeal to the everyday man. You have that sexy, like, sexy comes in different forms and, and shapes and, well, and and age brackets, and you got that sexy persona. Thank you. Need, I need you to. I have to hire you as my agent, man. I need we, some. We uh, should go over there. We we should suggest that to him. Say, hey, Tony. It just oozes out of him. You meet the guy, and you're like, this guy. And I listen. I love women. I'm married 30 <laughs> years. I'm like, this is a sexy guy. Well, I mean, I'm taken here, you know. <laughs> uh, she rents me out occasionally, though, for different events. I do, you know. I'm available for weddings, bar mitzvahs, uh, sweet six. No, I'm not doing sweet 16s. No, that's too dangerous. I'll hey do no. it. <laughs> <laughs> it is undesirable. Now, of course, you know, we got great uh, horse racing, that Gulf Stream, you know, that they had the big the big Pegasus right now. You don't do horse racing at all at Philly Godfather, do you? You do the Triple Crown at uh, all? Yeah, we, I mean, I got Harry the Horse. He gives me information from time to time. Harry the Horse is Harry one of his guys. But it's, uh, <laughs> we've hit some big ones. And I, listen, I can't handicap what a horse is going to do. I mean, he, he, you know. Tony is a fantastic horse handicapper. Yeah, I should have hit the Superfecta at the stinking uh, you did Kentucky hit, Derby. And you I, hit I gave it, the Tony. numbers out on the air for the Superfecta. And then when I went to the Turf Club to bet it, I didn't bet those numbers. And I and I actually played the tape back, and I had people calling me as soon as the race was yep. over, and they did the disqualification. Did you pay the ticket? And I don't want to blame somebody, but I had a guy there that was distracting me as I was put. I had my numbers. I was going to go up to the window. He said, "No, do it on a machine." Just and then I didn't put lives. the machine. Just tell me where he is. <laughs> I'll tell you where he is. I'll tell you exactly where he is. But I'm not going to mention him now. Anyway, Philly Godfather's here. How many radio stations did you do? You did a bunch of stations this morning. 15, 20. I 15. Know. I did five, and that was only like in the first when I got here because we weren't going on yet. So I went on with John Clayton, my buddy on, uh, in amazing. Seattle. He's, he's a great amazing. guy. Wow. And he's a, you talk about football knowledgeable guys. Get votes for the Hall of Fame. He's not just a football writer. He's a, just a great human. His wife is back home in Seattle, you know, going through some difficult times. For so many years, and it's just they they have such an amazing relationship. I just admire both of them so much. Absolutely. So we always think for her, and you know, she hasn't been here for the last three years, but she's back and she's paying attention to everything. She's obviously talk about a woman uh, who stays positive Mm -hmm. under extreme duress. Like she she's gone through so much, and every single time you see her, she always has a smile on her face. She's excited to be wherever she is. She's an amazing woman. No, Philly Godfather, you now crunching numbers because we got NBA going on. 
I mean, there's going to be a game here tomorrow night. Miami, who are they playing? The Celtics, I think, tomorrow night here at the, at the building in Miami, the arena, American Airlines Center. You're still active here, though. You're not coming here on vacation, right? You're still, you're still as we say, firing. We unload every day, almost every day, 365 days a year. Uh, we love to fire. If we identify an edge in the market, we're going to bet it. I mean, we're going to purchase the price. I tell everyone all the time, we don't bet on teams. We purchase numbers. Right. And that's what it's all about. you got to forget about personnel. you got to think about your favorites. I like this guy better than that guy. It's all about numbers. It's all about data. It's all about. It's way over my head. See, because I have a hard time about, like, I, I, I go by gut, right? So if something feels right or sounds right or, I That's mean, not how it works I in this business, I know that's Robin. not how it works. That's why I don't gamble. I can try and make it a little easier for you. Now, if you're looking to buy a house, right? You're not going to buy the first house. You see, you're going to spend 30, 40, 50 hours researching that house. You're going to look at 20, 30 houses. You're going to look at the upgrades in the house, the schools, the hospitals, the neighborhood, the crime, the demographics. You're going to do your homework, your research. Imagine you spent that much time handicapping a football game. Most people wake up on a Sunday and remember the last thing they saw, and I'm betting the Chiefs because they beat Tennessee and they blew out Houston and they're putting up 40 points a game, but it doesn't work like that. It's not based on recency bias. So if you do enough research, you can beat the 52.4% that you got to hit, which is the break-even point when you're risking 110 to 100. It's all about research. But most people are not willing to put in that time. Well, that's why we have the website. That's why website. you're here. BillyGodfather.com. <laughs> Firing all the time. Not just that NBA. Doesn't do much with hockey, though. You do college basketball, right? Oh, we got some big futures this year. I mean, I gave out Dayton back in November at 100 to 1. They're down to 12 to 1 right now. Bet San Diego State at 40 to 1. The number's down to 15 to 1. It got crushed. Uh, but of course, you were all over LSU early in the season before the season started and in foot, college football. Nailed that one. And mm -hmm. then, of course, you had the 49ers pegged week one, not when they started rolling. You had them out of the gate. You said they were going to be in the Super Bowl back then. And what was the number early? 28 to 1. We took them 12 to 1 to win the NFC, plus 300 to win the West. Shanahan is an unbelievable offensive mind. Yep. You saw the drop-off in Atlanta's production numbers once he left. I'm not saying Dan Quinn's a bad coach, but he's no Shanahan. They spent $90 million this year, 40% of their cap space on defense, San Francisco. So we knew that defense was coming to play. You combine the two, and then you look at that defensive line, number two in the adjusted sack rate. They got 48 sacks on the year, arguably the best pass rush in football, and when they were heading into the meat of their schedule, the toughest part of their schedule, they were missing a lot of key defensive components on that team. Mm -hmm. So those numbers are skewed. They're actually better than they look on paper. Love the bet. And here's the thing. It's been it, – and this is not a line that's going to go up above three either way because it's hanging in there one and a half, one. It goes down, and, and then the big guys with the suitcases come in. And it, but even the big guys with this, there's so much money bet on this game that the line doesn't move that much even with some big numbers being laid down, but right? During, during the regular season, sharp money moves the market, moves the lines. I mean, a recreational better can go to Vegas and bet 50000 on a game. The line won't even move. Where, where a wise guy, the term wise guy, sharp player, advantage player, he can hit the window, and they only let us bet about 2000 a game. And we'll bet 2000 on a game, and you'll see that line move a full point. Now, during the Super Bowl, there's such an influx of recreational money, they can actually move the line to public. So, but you got to remember, if you look at the line history on this game, some of the sharper offshore books originally opened up Kansas City minus three in the soft market. It was up for about five minutes. 
the professional betters went in, and they just devoured. They took San Francisco plus three. They forced the odds makers to shut that number down, open back up, readjust their price. Kansas City won one and a half. Yeah, and so you do expect to see a lot of movement this week because, again, there's so much money coming in both ways because there's a lot of people who like – there's not like one side is dominant. You know, there's a lot of Kansas City money because of Patrick Mahomes. You know, he falls behind. They don't run as well as the Niners do. He falls behind. He sees you can come back. I think this probably – there's no doubt this will be one of the biggest bet Super Bowls of all time, right? Absolutely, without a doubt. I mean, as of right now, I talk to my guys in Vegas behind the counter. We talk to the guys in AC and offshore at the Sharper Offshore Betting Houses. And they're all telling me the same exact thing. Over 60% of all tickets punched so far have been on Kansas City by their recreational sports bettors. So, in my opinion, I think fantasy football plays a big role now that sports betting has become legalized because Mahomes is such a favorite when it comes to fantasy football, yep. and everyone's enamored with his numbers and how great his offensive production numbers are. So they're going to you know, tend to look to bet Kansas City here, and, you, and it's reflected in the ticket count. But, I, I, you know, I'm looking at this game now, and it's only Monday. And I, not, not, I mean, in case there's injuries or something during the week. People pretty much have decided. I don't think – I think if you're betting on Kansas City, you're not going to be swayed the other way today as you are Saturday or Sunday. And if you like the Niners, you're not going to be – this is one of this is one of those – there's not a lot that's going to make you change your mind based on what you already know and feel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, by the end of the week, everyone's going to know every trend, every stat, every metric. You're going to hear about it a thousand times. So no one's going to get swayed, especially the recreational public. Now, me as a professional – if I uncover some information that's not factored into the sports betting line, well, I could very well hedge my bet and take Kansas City, or I might even double dip and place more on Kansas City than I have on San Francisco, which I don't think is going to be the case because nothing that drastic. I don't think it's going to happen from now to Super Bowl Sunday. But like I said, I think honestly, I think the wrong team is favored here. Kansas City definitely has the better quarterback, but San Francisco has the better nucleus. And teams that get to the quarterback – they usually get to the playoffs and go deep in the playoffs and usually end up in the Super Bowl. So we'll have all week to break this down to well, levels beyond science. Billy Godfather is making Christian very, very happy here. Well, he's I mean, yeah, because he's a Niner fan. I mean, obviously, Niner fans want the Niners to win. And there's Niner fans. I mean, they, you know, Kaepernick was in a couple of years ago. They didn't win. But it's been 1995 was the last time the 49ers won a Super Bowl. Wow. I mean, that's hard to believe. There's only one guy that can change my mind. It's Henry Rasich. If he takes the San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> forget about everything. The mush. He, of the course, mush. is the self-proclaimed greatest coach in, uh, in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. Yes. And a good guy and a Steeler fan. By, and by the way, you know, John Clayton is from Pittsburgh as well. So he's a Pittsburgh yeah. native. You know, obviously grew up with the Steelers, but he's been in Seattle for so long. And so John is an objective football guy. I mean, he's not a, he's not a fan. He, he's a fan of the game, but he's not rooting for teams and and things of that. And that's what you have to do. And John's not a sports gambler either. But the problem with a lot of uh, pe people who bet on sports who are broadcasters, they're just fans of the team. They're betting on their favorite teams, and that's not how you win. No, absolutely not. I have no allegiance to any team. My allegiance is to my bankroll. I'm a big Eagles fan. If I didn't bet the game, I'm cheering for them. But, I mean, throughout the year, you've s I've bet against them numerous yeah. times. Sometimes I've won. Sometimes I've lost. And you can't. You can't be a fan if you're looking to make money. You got to approach this like a business. You got to treat it like a business, and it's going to pay like a business. If you treat it like entertainment, you're going to lose money, like you do when you, you know, you spend money on entertainment. Now, one of the other things that's different in the Super Bowl than any other sport event is the props. And now there's more props than ever. And all of these houses 
are putting these props up knowing that's a sucker bet and people are going to jump on. And probably there'll be more money bet on prop bets and block pools than there will be on the actual game by the end yeah. of the week. I mean, the handle in Vegas just keeps getting bigger and bigger every year on these prop bets. And the prop bets that are large are plus 1,500, uh, 15 to 1, 20 to 1, 10 to 1. They're trying to entice you. you got to stay away from them. You might get lucky and hit one, but how how are you going to handicap that? The novelty props like the Gatorade, the National Anthem, unless you have information like we had a couple of years ago when we hit the Lady Gaga prop. I mean, how do you <laughs> handicap that? I mean, we had a guy sitting there listening to her rehearse. Right, and, exactly. And, that's how we, and then yeah. the one year with the Gatorade, we knew what the color was going to be. Now this year everyone's talking about the color red. You, you, I think it opened up at plus 750 <laughs> because both teams have red in their uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> but they can come out with clear. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Unless someone tells me that that's what, and it's credible information, I'm not going to bet that. But, no, the interesting thing, you were absolutely nailed it about the national anthem. They rehearse in the stadium. Somebody's there. They have a stopwatch. They get it close because, you know, the actual live version, and, the, and they're, they're pretty much going to be right on. So if it's like over a minute, 56 seconds, it's Demi Lovato, right, is singing yeah. the national yeah. anthem. So you're, you have a pretty good, because I think it's like 156. That was one of the first prop bets that came out. If you know that, why wouldn't you bet on it? And, and these performers, let's be honest, they want as much camera time as possible. Yep. So they're going to try and prolong it as much as possible, especially someone like her who's trying to come back from, you know, some pro- you know problems that she had. But, I mean, be, trying to handicap the national anthem, let's be honest. But the good thing if you just bet, if you knew how long it was going to be, you could just sit there, watch the national anthem, send it in on the national anthem, collect, and then enjoy the rest of the game. <laughs> 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 the, other problem, the other problem is the betting limits are so small. Yeah, they're not so gonna, nobody's going to put 100 no, grand. No, they're, they're, you can't put 100 grand down on that. If you try, they'll take it off the board, then you can't even bet it. Now, yeah. now here's one that you always, if, if they're singing it a cappella, which they most often do, right? Yeah, they don't not. Yeah, the halftime, live, the halftime shows, they have a background track. So they record the halftime right. show and then leave it running at the same time so that the, if the actual live mic goes out, they could lip sync, and there's still going to be music and vocals. Right, but there have been times where the national anthem performer has sung it to a, to background music. Not very often. But it's usually a cappella. Which is because it's difficult. It's difficult to Yeah, because to of the synchronicity, the synchronicity between the music and it's on a, del- a sort. But, but the greatest, there's no doubt, the greatest national anthem ever was Whitney Houston's. Oh, Whitney yeah. Houston's national anthem. That was right after 9-11. That was that was one was I think it was the season after 9/11. That was one of the most incredible, if not the greatest renditions of the national anthem ever. Right. You felt that, you know, because a lot of people sing the national anthem, and nowadays, you know, in a divided country, like ah, just get the game on. But when Whitney Houston sang that it national anthem, it was unbelievable. But it, but but you could you could do some research, like if they've sung it at another event, they're most likely going to sing it the same way. Well, we did that last year. What was her name that sang it last year? Uh, I don't even remember. I forget. Well. There was only five taped recordings of her singing the national anthem, and all of them had gone under. And then she sang it last year, and initially they thought it went over, but since she repeated the same words a couple times, it stayed under. So we got lucky because <laughs> of her age, you know, because she fumbled. Oh, that's right. That's you know, right. Who you know, was so, it last year? Uh, no, it's bugging me. We'll get it here. We'll look it up. But, yeah, we got lucky and hit it. But we thought we uncovered something. Only five times, every time it went under by five seconds. We heard about the rehearsals under every time. And then she goes over, and they're like, oh, we're done. And then we end up winning anyway. So they did. They, they went back and changed it? They went back and changed it. Wow. They went over 209 last year with the girls. Yeah. That's unbelievable, man. That's, that's breaking it down to levels beyond just normal human comprehension. I mean, how many people are paying attention with a stopwatch? 
The other thing is the coin flip. I mean, that's 50-50. Well, that's like going to an arcade. For years. Was it Gladys Knight? Yes, it was. Gladys Knight okay, without yeah, the pips. Yeah. That's right. Because remember, the pips were no late. She got rid of the pips a long time ago. They're now pimping on South Beach. If you want to see them tonight, they're at the booby trap working the doors. Yeah, and somebody like Gladys Knight, like you said, because she's sung it so many times before, the likelihood of her singing it differently somehow would be very slim to nothing. She didn't sing Midnight Train to Georgia, although she did because she was in Atlanta, but that was not part of the prop bet, though. I think she sang it at one of the one of the pregame things that they did because she wasn't the halftime performer. So I wonder where Demi, how many times she sang it before elsewhere. I don't know. We're going to have to look into that. we got a whole week to research the national anthem, Robin. Yes. Philly Godfather, man, he's here. Are you coming back here? Where do you see this? Because this is only Monday. Yeah, this is, this is nothing compared to what it's by like. Tomorrow, by tomorrow, by Thursday, you will not be able to walk in here. It will be bedlam, pandemonium. It'll be out of control and all the other good things you could think of. I hate to make light of the coronavirus because it's not funny at all, but it's kind of like that virus map where um, today, you know, you're, you're, you start seeing a few people showing up at different tables, and then by tomorrow it's going to grow, and then it's going to grow, mm -hmm. and then it's going to grow even more. It's just going to be, are and they, it's going to be crazy. Are they passing out any limes? Or no? They hope so. <laughs> I had the, promoter, I had the cr Corona Premier virus last year. I was drinking yes. Corona Premiers all the time. There's my boy Andrew Siciliano. They're getting out at the stadium for the big media night tonight. Well, I keep calling it media night. It's opening night. Opening night tonight and then media party tomorrow. And the media party is not televised. I mean, it's just a bunch of media people with passes eating and drinking for free. You know, and, and glad-handing. None, none of that. None of that. Now, you got the animals down here with you, too, right? Well, they, they, didn't, they didn't show up yet. I got one guy with me. Uh, Piggy's coming on Wednesday. Piggy. Ro Rooster's Piggy. coming on. Uh, and Rooster. Rooster, Tiger, and Wolf are coming on Where the did weekend. they get these names? Did you give them these names, or is that no, something that they these had? These names are like 30 years old. I mean, Piggy, if you just look at him, and he loves the nickname. <laughs> He's a real big guy. Because I don't think I would like that name. Somebody, somebody call you Piggy? Me. Yeah, I don't know. I think we all I grew up with each other. Yeah, come on, man. That's not. It's not like you just see a guy and you call him that. You earn that nickname. He's on Twitter. I asked him what name. Like he just came out of the shadows. He worked in Vegas for 30 years. He just moved back to Atlantic City because the numbers are better in Atlantic City right now than Vegas. There's a lot more value in Atlantic City. So he's moved back to Atlantic City, and he said, "Steve, put me on the site." I said, "Are you sure? You've been in the shadows for years. I want to be on the site." Okay. I said, "What Twitter handle do you want?" He goes, "What do you mean, Piggy?" So we gave him the Piggy. It's on him. Piggy on Twitter, ladies. Not Miss Piggy. No relation. No. Tony. And by the way, you see who we're going to see tonight, Robin? Who? On the screen right now. She is already there ah, at the stadium. Yes. Our girl, Colleen Wolf, another Philly girl, making it big at the NFL Network. It's all about Philly. You know that, Philly Godfather. That's why you're the Philly Godfather. Philly flavor. At Philly Godfather on Twitter, phillygodfather.com, the website. We're going to be here all week, firing, getting loose, having fun. Wish we would have known. We you come, could have come to Joe Stone Crab with us last night. Got in a little late. All right. Well, yeah, we were there at 7 o'clock. We had to get out of there. We actually, we just made the Whole Foods. We went to Whole Foods before they closed up. Beautiful, man. Yeah, we Beautiful. need to go to a Publix. Yeah, those are great, the supermarket. Publix. Are they? Yeah. yeah. They got everything. It's great. You go. Well, now we have wine and, and beer at supermarkets now in Philly. But here, the wine, sec this wine sections in some of the supermarkets in Florida are bigger than, like, liquor stores in Pennsylvania. Wow. The wine selection is unbelievable here. And the prices French? are really good. They got some good French wines? Yeah, they got everything. I'm going to treat you guys. I'm going to get you guys a bottle of Chateau Haubriand. It's my favorite. It's one of the best wines I ever had. And it's not because it's a little pricey. It's because I've had $20 bottle of wines taste better than $300 yep, bottle of wines. Yep, me too. That's going to be my gift to you Oh, guys. thank you, Philly Godfather. The Philly Godfather, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be here all week breaking it down, 
and we got uh, some guy here that I've never met before keeps walking around, and I'm going to have to get up and get in his face if he keeps giving me any shit here. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am, Ivan? He's an Atlantic City guy. Did you know that? Atlantic Margate City. guy, right? He's going up to Margate rather than staying here and being with us all week. He's actually leaving. Put those damn headsets on there, Ivan. Ivan and I go back. He worked. We worked at ESPN together, producer there. And he, and he said, I'm from, I had my boat in Margate at the time back then. When I was married, and I had a boat. And then I told him my boat was in Margate. He says, I'm from Margate. So you still have family there, right? Yeah, my parents still live there. Do they go to that? Uh, what's the name of that little joint there, the, the breakfast place? It's always crowded on, uh, on Atlantic. On Atlantic. Oh, oh, Gilchrist's? Yeah, there's a couple of joints yeah. there. Yeah, the and, of course, house. Amherst Avenue and then Ventura's Greenhouse. You've been there, right? Well, Philly Godfather, what, you've been there more. What's the bar that all the uh, wise guys hang? Well, there's Maynard's. 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 Maynard's is across the marina. There's Robert's Place, which is the other end of town. And then there's Ventura's Greenhouse. That's right on the beach across from Lucy the Elephant, if yeah. you're down in the Margate area. I took Robin to see Lucy. Yes. We never went in, Lucy, no. though. No. I think she was being repaired. And, you know. No, she was under repair because of the storm, remember? Yes. But uh, Margate's great. And so here's Ivan, Atlantic City Margate guy, comes up to work at ESPN, and now is living in Denver, Colorado. And what Tony doesn't remember is we also share a birthday. That's right, June 13th. I don't. I didn't even remember that. Exactly. Isn't that a holiday, Juneteenth or something? No, June thirteenth is the uh, a feast day of Saint Anthony. Saint Anthony's. And that's why my mom and dad named me Anthony because I was born on June thirteenth, and they're Catholic. And they said, "Hey, it's a good uh, Italian that's name." That's hey. why my son named his son Dominic. Hey, Dominic Vincent Bruno. Yes, wow. that's a very my, strong. My parents name. did not have the same f same thought <laughs> process. <laughs> So now you get back to Mar now you go back to Margate. I'm going to I'm going to Margate Thursday. Really? I'll be there for the I weekend. I told you he's leaving us. It's probably going to be cold and nasty. Why are you going to Margate in the wintertime? Nobody's there. That's why I'm going. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go down to Cookie and Steve's. I'll Steve go, go to Steve and Cookies. You got to go to the red. What's the one? Tomatoes. Tomatoes. What's the, is it called just tomatoes? It's just tomatoes. Exactly. See, I know all the spots. The Wawa there. The Always Wawa. a crowd at like if five in the morning. All the you got the people who are coming back from the Walk of Shame at the casinos in Atlantic City. And they go into that Wawa at 5 a.m. And you then you got, that. and then the people who live there. Well, I used to, well, I used to sleep on my boat. I'd get up and go to the Wawa. They get the a other cup of coffee, and everybody's coming in. It's terrible. Exactly. At least now they got away. They used to have all the glass coffee pots. Remember, they would make the coffee pots at Wawa in the glass, and then by in two minutes they're all empty. Then they finally got the big canisters now, right? And put the coffee, well, make it in there. Or if it was sitting there for a while, it started to taste like Starbucks coffee. Yeah, we get, but <laughs> wow. it didn't because they no Wawa serves so much coffee that there's it no way it got stale. burned. Except at, like, 2 in the morning. You don't want to go in at 2 in the morning. That's when that shit gets. It's like the hot dogs that roll around <laughs> on the grill. We were driving to Atlanta last year, and we kept stopping at all these Love's uh, truck stops, you know, to fill up the gas tank. The and you go in those places. TNA and then Love's. Those are the two big are truck stops. TNA or just TA? No, oh, TA. Yeah, TNA <laughs> is something else. That's not just wrestling. There's TNA wrestling, and then there's TNA, which is tits and ass. I, 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 like, I like where that, her that head's at, though. Yeah. And then you go in there, and they just not only do they have the one grill with hot dogs, but there's like a whole long line of all these rotating grills, and they've got different sausages and, and different kielbasas. Oh, it's like the old school cafeterias used to go down on the, the, with no, the trays. No, each no, one no. Of the, it's each like it has those rolling things, and then yeah. they... And each case has the different type. There's like the it's jalapeno case, it's hot like a long dogs, roll. and They're then all there's rolling. the cheese stuff yeah. ones, and there's the corn dogs, and then and there's, there's the, the enchilada, and then there's the, uh, the, the taquitos. Oh yeah, they're they're grilling right in front of you, and you just get your roll and you put it on there, and you and literally it's and longer I than this table. Said, 
I don't know if I won something. I don't know how long it's been there. No, but they're all fresh. I mean, they Tom? crank those mm -hmm. out. Yeah, sure. Eat at your own risk. <laughs> and when you're at 2 o'clock in the morning and you're I, getting gas. At I was going to say, it's 2 o'clock in the morning at the TNA truck stop. <laughs> you know what? You get what you get. No, but he these truck stops have, like, showers and stuff because the truckers go in there. They take a shower. They pay for it. They go in and get, and they get food. You yeah, know? but they go eat in a nice restaurant because... That's their thing. Well, the truck, the truck stop restaurants are fantastic. Yeah, they're good. But that's why, you, like, they're not eating the hot dogs. Exactly. My they, point. They do have one of those burn on the things on the grill, right? Yeah. No, they're not bad. It's not like it's you're not. It's not like you're walking into like a like, 7-Eleven in the middle of nowhere. 66 in the middle of the desert, or you're getting gas station sushi at some joint in the middle of Arizona. These places crank out a lot of food. There's people there all 24/7. It's glad, like a hundred trucks in I'm the lot. I'm glad you say gas station sushi is a bad idea. Sushi to me is a bad idea anywhere. Yeah. Fair point. It, you know, I, I on sushi. the other hand, love sushi. Now, Philly Godfather is a sushi guy, right? Every once in a while. Get a you know what I call sushi? Bait. By the way, did you see the video of the guy eating live rat mice oh, in China? Oh, I, I did. You showed it to me. And oh, I, I, I like saw this, this yesterday. Wrong. You know, because the, the whole thing with the coronavirus is supposedly bat soup. You know, and snakes and people, you know, in other countries, other cultures, they eat exotic stuff. And I've had very many different things, but there is never a good idea to eat meat that is... Infected? That, <laughs> well, no, well, but, but meat that has not been cooked properly. Like, you don't want to do that because if there's any kind of bacteria or illness, it doesn't get cooked out of it. So, um, the, the thought process is, is that one of their uh, traditional meals is bat soup. And it's literally a bat, uh, an entire bat that's been cooked in, in broth. And you see the face in it, you know, because people, you know, you go, to, you go to a nice fish restaurant, you know, they'll serve the fish with the head and everything else. Yeah. They got it, and then they, you know, and it looks nice, except that it's looking right you at know, you. Like I want it, to look well, at it's like, or like, like that scene at the end of the Christmas story where they bring out the duck, he says, but he's smiling at me. Exactly, <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's like, you know, in Hawaii, they have the, the big pig roasts and it's the entire pig yeah. including you know the whole face Shabbat and dinner is yeah. what we call it at home <laughs> Shabbat sure, dinner. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it kosher no <laughs> no, no I, I'm, I'm joking not so much I'm not so, so joking. much i always do the kosher well, hey, jokes. Tony. leave the kosher and jewish jokes to me pal i mean who oh you're jewish that's right right see i can do that to because that's the kind of relationship we have man how far how, when was it were you there in 92 when we started no i, I showed up in 96 why weren't you there in 92, man? Because I was a freshman at Rutgers. Rutgers, they're back. They're back, man. They're good this year. Really Except good. they lost in Iowa. But Iowa was pretty, they went to Iowa and played pretty well. Well, Iowa was ranked, uh, I think, five spots higher on my power ranking. So. Yeah, Rutgers made the top 25. They were 24 when they played that game in Iowa. I think Iowa. they covered the spread, though. Did they That's cover? What was the spread in that game? five and a half. That's good. Now, what, are you at? what are you looking at me for? I thought you would know this. You're a Rutgers guy. He's the, he's the expert. He's the I'll, talk, I'll talk Rutgers. He'll talk the spread. We're good. Exactly. That's what it's all about. In the meantime, we're going to shut it down. We'll be back here tomorrow, 1 to 4. We'll go live, too, tonight at the uh, opening night. We'll bring our live gear, and we'll go live and give you some of the flavor. Philly Godfather will be there. Ivan will be there. The whole crew will be there. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 1 to 4, every day this week, live on Radio Row, Super Bowl 54, the Tony Bruno Show. Don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. And God bless America. It's still the greatest place on earth. Thank 
you for listening to the Tony Bruno Show on Bruno Nation Live. Don't forget to subscribe on the Twitch mobile app so you don't miss any of Bruno Nation's hilarity and hijinks because it is definitely must-watch radio. Of course, you can catch the archived audio on your favorite podcast app like Spreaker or iTunes. Plus, if you subscribe via Twitch, you can watch any of our archived videos. We hope to see you back here every Monday through Friday. See you soon.